I had to chat over Jonathan Faith. And I was like, I don't want to look at that for next hour. Yeah. You don't want to look at Jonathan's this face for the next hour either. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I do it every week. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's not like he has a choice. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, man. You guys, I thought like we were surely going to get tired of like Jeremy Renner chat, but. Um, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I just like, I really, I really think he could have. Like if they if they made a new one for sure, I could see him as the Rhodes character. Oh, I thought you meant a new Jeremy Renner app. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, no. The Jeremy the new Jeremy Renner app, it just killed you. They made a new Jeremy Renner app. I think it'll work today. Yeah. I think it it work. I think it'll work. Yeah. 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 No, but I could I could, I could see him as Rhodes. Him Rhodes. It's kinda it's kinda freaked yeah. me out throughout the whole film. Really? Yeah. I could see him as Miguel as well. I could see him as Miguel. I thought he'd he'd make a better Miguel. I could see you the as brown Miguel. Face. <laughs> yeah, right? Phil looks so much Phil like looks Miguel. So much Hello! Like Miguel right now. Yeah. Hello! It's Phil and Josh Safty. Yeah. Fuck me. <laughs> like, if I'm ever that annoying. Come on, just unru- You didn't even get bit. You didn't even get bit. I'm no, like, Phil, shut up. Yeah, shut that shit off. <laughs> I'm like, I could do it. I could do it. Give me the pole. <laughs> so you get everyone killed multiple yeah. times. Fuck off. It's it's something that's needed though. I think in a zombie film, you know, just to have like a person, somebody who's that's just annoying, a complete piece of shit and who's annoying and like. You but know, there's like five of them of in this movie. It's so realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so realistic, it though, because it's just like there's always yeah. going to be that one asshole that's about to get people killed. And you have yeah, to, like, Jeremy Renner. Just kill him. <laughs> kill him. <laughs> and there's like an asshole that has a group of friends who are like a bunch of assholes. Yeah, they're just like. <laughs> 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 oh, 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 oh my god, dick. Oh god, I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome to Franchise, presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises or small ones like this, one film at a time as we try to figure out what makes a franchise good, what makes it bad, and what makes it work. What makes it work? It's films like this. I'm your host, John the Foster. I'm here each and every week with my little zombie boy who looks like Miguel this week, Phil. What's up, Phil? How you doing? Hello. <laughs> you fucking Is worried. anyone out there? Yeah, <laughs> Phil, I, I, I don't know why you insist on trying to burp because I am just going to edit that shit out. <laughs> 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 Disgusting shit. You do that on the yeah. Bontrol Cinecast as well. And I, have to I edit do. That shit out. It's, it's my stick, bro. It's just stick. It's like my it, thing. I don't no offer anything else. No one knows about it because it gets edited. Nobody knows. No one, because he edits. <laughs> Can we do a super cut? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bonus episode on the Patreon. Phil burps. Yeah. How long? Yeah. We could get about five minutes out of that. Yeah. They'll come out shortly after I finally get around to doing the music. <laughs> You know, yeah. the super cut of the music from the podcast that I've been Don't practicing. It. You should make music out of Phil's burps. Like sample. Just pitch them up, pitch them down, you know, kind of like a Kanye album. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we, of course, are here with the OG co hosts from the Pontrol Cinecast and season one of Franchise. Who is it? Ariane and Antipucci. My daughter. How's it going, Ariane? Hey, John. Hey, Dad. Hi, Phil. Hello. Hi, Phil. I'm surprised you didn't do the zombie daughter joke in the last episode. There was literally a zombie daughter in the movie. Yeah, I forgot about that. Holy shit. Yeah. God. Oh, what pain it? Come on, man. Well, that's all right. Thing. I guess we're, 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 you know, 
That's what we get for watching all the films early. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not on the day we're recording. I d- I do watch them as well, like in like two or three in a row, and it does yeah, fry my brain a bit. Finishing this movie with relief, it's like oh, I finally made it this one day in this movie universe. <laughs> we did the night, we did <laughs> yeah. the dawn, we did the day. Yeah. Now I'm done. You made it through. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked that it was like an hour forty minutes. I was like, no way. This is like the shortest one. Yeah, oh my god. Thank you. It's easy to watch. It's insane. It should have been longer. Got a lot to say. It's oh man, I can't wait to get into this. So let's just get into it. We're on the day. Let's do it. Tom Charity of Time Out said a fitting conclusion to a remarkably astute series, a landmark in the horror genre. Janet Maslin of the New York Times. So she comes up with some hot takes sometimes. So let's see what she said. It affords Mr. Romero the opportunity for intermittent philosophy and satire without compromising his reputation as the grisliest guy around. Fair. Kim Newman of Empire Magazine said, It's an intelligent, well-written, excellently played movie with type flight, gore, and horror effects, perverse humor, and provocatively bleak vision. Fair. <laughs> These movies are fucking bleak. <laughs> <laughs> Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema yeah. Craze, my boy Felix. So, like I said last time, he he's he's always. I feel like he's always on the right side of things. That's why I keep including Felix because he's a good good boy. Uh, he said true. one of the most uneasy and unnerving horror films ever created. True. True. All right, a man who comes Very up true. a lot. Let's see what he had to say. Roger Ebert, the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> Here we go. Said maybe Romero, whose original movie was a genuine inspiration, hasn't figured out anything new to do with his zombies. I'm. I, oh, I don't know. On. I'm not sure. I watched what? the same movie you as watch? Roger. Yeah. Because I saw a fucking zombie shaving himself in this film. <laughs> and shooting someone. He read a book. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. <laughs> there were zombies in wedding dresses, Roger Ebert. Come on. Pay attention. You want to put some kind of explanation down here before you leave? He's one as good as any United defend. We've been punished by the Creator. He visited a curse on us. So we might get a look at what hell was like. Maybe he didn't want to see us blow ourselves up. Put a big hole in his sky. Maybe he just wanted to show us he was still a bus man. Maybe he figured we was getting too big for our bitches. Trying to figure his shit out. Survived the night 
by keeping the ghouls at bay. We've twice made it past dawn by hanging out in a mall. And now we must conquer the day. Phil, in what film? Oh, am I doing it? Yeah, that's your bit. It's always been your bit. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I'll remember in. eventually. It's the day of the dead. First, he created the most frightening film ever made. He took his unique vision of terror one step further. Now, George A. Romero takes us out of the night, beyond the dawn, and into the darkest day of horror the world has ever known. Day of the Dead. There have to be survivors in Washington. Oh, my. They have more sophisticated shelters than this one. There have to be people in those shelters who know about us, who know where we are. With no radio contact, they'll come looking for us. I said shut up! They can be tricked into being good little girls and boys. Same way we were tricked into it. Promise of some reward to come. What the fuck is wrong with you people? They're dead! They're fucking dead, and you want to teach them tricks. They have to be rewarded, Captain. Why else will they do what we want them to do? I don't want them to do anything but drop As the world is overrun by zombies, a small group of scientists and military personnel reside in an underground bunker in Florida. Tensions rise as Dr. Sarah Bowman, played by Lori Cardell, a scientist trying to figure out what started the plague and how to reverse it, battles with nightmares of the undead and the actual nightmare of the people she is surrounded by, notably the military presence of the unhinged Captain Henry Rhodes, played by Joseph Pilato, and his two goons, Private Still and Private Rickles, played by Gary Howard, Clark, and Ralph Marrero, and her emotionally disturbed, sometimes lover, Private Miguel Salazar, played by Anthony DeLeo Jr. Sarah finds solace in the team's helicopter pilot, John, a.k.a. Flyboy. He's back. Terry Ag- Alexander with my god that Jamaican accent what an accent the greatest accent ever put what to screen accent. he's from Detroit by the way <laughs> I figured I figured it was like a cool running situation <laughs> yeah and the alcoholic radio operator Bill McDermott who actually is uh, Irish it's uh, Jalarth Conroy so at least that's also a known as Irish Rowan yeah. Atkinson uh, <laughs> right <laughs> Dead on. My brother was like, what in fresh Mr. Bean hell is this? <laughs> I was like, it's was this before Scooby-Doo? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> at the same time, the eccentric, quite likely insane Dr. Logan, a.k.a. Frankenstein, played by Richard Liberty, Sorry. is having some success reactivating the dim human memories of a zombie nicknamed Bob, played by Sherman Howard. A seemingly intelligent zombie recognizes music and knows how to handle certain objects, including, ominously, gun. But when Rhodes discovers that Logan is feeding Bob pieces of dead soldiers as his reward, all hell breaks loose in this 1985 post-apocalyptic zombie horror written and directed by George A. Romero. Hot takes out the gate. Day of the dead. Ariane? Oh my gosh. I, like, didn't remember really liking Day of the Dead. I remember seeing it like a long time ago. And then once rewatching it for this, I was like, this is pretty fucking awesome. Like, I like I said earlier, it's the shortest of all of them. And I really appreciate that. Like, and it <laughs> yeah. didn't feel short either. I really liked, obviously, Romero getting straight into it, not really telling us like how everything started, what the hell is going on. You're just figuring out, okay. There are soldiers, there are scientists, some sort of research facility. And then it's like a classic formula, but it didn't feel formulaic, at least to me. I know mm. many like Ebert have argued that you know <laughs> it's not fresh in any way. But I like that you have this one woman going up against perhaps the most annoying concoction of testosterone to ever oh my God, <laughs> you yes. know, be put on screen. They're so <laughs> fucking annoying, all these guys. But that's like really really interesting i think we were talking i don't know if it was off screen or in the last episode where like it's usually the women that are hysterical and scared and really really just amped up um you know to the point where things go wrong uh, yeah. but this time it's the men and that's super super interesting and refreshing in the 80s and i also thought that the zombies were oh my god what a step up and yeah. definitely like the the granddaddy of modern zombie makeup. And especially I know Easy. Greg Nicotero is in this and he also yep. assisted Tom Savini with this. And also Nicotero is such a stud in this movie. Too bad he got <laughs> shot. Um, <laughs> but you have like the classic like body ripping, guts spilling out, oh, you know, God, yeah. you know, brains and arms moving and, and friggin' Bub, who the, the sentient zombie, like the way he moves and the way he makes noises is pretty much the foundation of like even fast zombies that we see. Like they have that core sort of like style of performance. And I think Obviously, this piggybacks off of Romero's previous work, no doubt about it. But this really, I think, sets modern precedent for the whole genre. And I really, really love seeing that. Also, they had a bunch of zombies in like crazy outfits. Freaking, they had yes. circus the people. Wedding. They had yeah. a bride. They had a quarterback. Uh, I thought like uh, awesome. It. awesome. I was very much like a piggyback that. off of, of Dawn of the Dead for sure. Because it was a lot yeah, of like, sure. Every man doing every single zombie. I mean, like the little <laughs> yeah. boy in the football outfit. It's like hilarious. Yeah. It's like peewee. Like, every zombie felt like yeah. they were doing something. The apocalypse started. Whereas <laughs> yeah. if in the, the middle of a game right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and we're all in t-shirts and, and shirts and flannels. It would be very like not interesting. Hey, ref, this motherfucker bit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to die. I'm going to be a zombie with a microphone in my hand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> me and my inhaler and my stupid walking dead t-shirt like that would not that's not how i want to go out headphones you know? plugged um, into nothing you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Phil, how about you? Where are you at on this film? I loved this movie <laughs> so much. Yes. It like hit me just so unexpectedly. I was expecting nothing. I was expecting, you know, I've heard this is the worst one. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I was like, fine. I'm sure it's fine. You know, I'm sure there's at least some good kills in it or whatever. And it starts off, you know, I've already made fun of it. Kind of annoying, kind of weird. I do appreciate the no bullshit, like, jump in, you figure it out. Um, it feels bigger and smaller than the other ones, oh, yeah. which I, like, that's For a sure. problem. It's not, not a problem, I guess, but, like, when I was watching Dawn of the Dead, I was like, you know what? I miss the five people in a in that room, you know? Yeah, and you kind of have to have that. Yeah. Exactly. I miss that. I was like, oh, we'll never get that again. The scope is too big. And the film actively makes it small again. It starts huge. The biggest set piece is at the beginning of the movie with sure. just the horde of zombies taking over that like downtown area and they have to get the fuck out of Dodge. You know, these movies have evolved so wonderfully. Like the first one's a horror and the second one's an action movie. And this one is just a drama. And it, yeah. it cements the whole tragedy of Romero's series of like just man being its own downfall even in the face of like a supernatural apocalypse i loved all the discuss like this is my kind of movie man it's just people in a room talking and it's good conversation like really like life mm. and death philosoph- philosophy without it feeling like dime store stuff that pushy. you chuck in yeah. pushy like romero actually had interesting shit to say and this is mm. the way he can best express himself through a zombie movie but you also have some of the best zombie scenes, effects, kills ever I've ever seen on screen. It's the best looking so far. Um, there's not much of it. There's less of it this time around. But I mm. did not mind that because the what you get is so fucking good. And it builds to an insane climax. The subplot of like reanimating and re-educating zombie, I did not know was coming. And that was <laughs> incredible. That's like what challenging thing to put in your audience and face people who come oh, in yeah. just to see fucking like dead people, dead people get shot. Like what a great thing to throw in. And he's, he's, he's just, I feel like he, this one, he figured everything out and it's his last one. He's got the competent, really engaging female lead surrounded by crazy fucking guys, which is what the world yeah. is like. And yeah. everyone's good in it. Rhodes in particular, that actor, oh, never seen him in anything else. I think he's amazing in yep. this movie. This movie is still a horror, but not like the other two. It's scary mm-hmm. in its dramatic tension. When you d- you don't know if Rose is going to fucking kill her right now, or you don't you don't know if, like what Bub is going to do with that fucking gun. And it's like that's so interesting. Like he's like, well, he's like, oh, I can I already know I can get them with scares, like zombie scares. Let me try and make them scared of something else. Scared of life. Like, life is the yeah. scary thing because we can't work together. Like, it's just so fucking bleak and sad, this movie. These people can't work together. And they have it made. Like, even more so than the more. They have essentially what looks like infinite resources and infinite mm-hmm. knowledge. They have all the, like, every movie in the world. And even that they downplay. Um, yeah. But this this movie just surprised me. I, I absolutely loved it. It might be my favorite of the three just because it fucking Ooh. it came out of nowhere but i have to think on it because i've loved each one for different reasons but yes mm. a great end to a, <laughs> a really fucking good trilogy of movies yeah. holy strong shit as hell. yeah strong john sorry 
I am a hundred percent happy to hear you say that. And I also want to, uh, remind you guys of something that we used to do in season one, which was rankings, which we hadn't no. done yet. Oh yeah. And, yeah. um, I wanted to yet. bring it back and we'll do it at the end of the episode, but rankings for each trilogy as we go along, we'll just do it after each trilogy. So oh, that'll be hard. So, well, you only have to rank the three films. <laughs> The three films that you yeah, watch. Yeah, it's just harder. When you have films like, you know, Tokyo Drift to blame things on, it's <laughs> easy. <laughs> <laughs> this is easy, though. We're only doing three. It'll be easy to do. Yeah. Not the side three mission. Three at a time. We won't, we won't rank yeah. the side missions. We'll rank um, the side missions. Although at the we'll end, we can we could rank the three side missions at the end. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm so happy to have gotten here. I absolutely fucking love this movie. Uh, I am 100% with you, Phil. It's, I think, probably my favorite. And it was hard to like, it was really hard. hard like, I knew what we were getting into. And I was slightly hinting at things with you guys because uh, I w- wasn't mm-hmm. sure if you had seen it or if you if you had, if you hadn't seen it in a long time, you just didn't really remember things. Um, but there was a lot of talk of zombies evolving as we go along. Um, there was, Especially in those first two episodes, we were talking about zombies using weapons, for instance. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the first film, we had mm-hmm. breaking windows, original gold busting yeah. out like the fucking uh, headlights, the fucking the headlights at a and car, little like, girls stabbing encouraging their other zombies to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so there's bad influence tools there, and we were sort of I, I saw the the screws turning in your guys's head, like just sort of like, oh wow, like, this going? is something like I've. Like mm. zombies using things, that's different. And then Dawn of the Dead, we get fucking zombies like holding a gun, not doing anything with it, the but just holding way. it. One of them holding the wrong way, like- the other, the original Flyboy <laughs> holding a gun, sort of like all weird and stuff. Yeah. This film, I knew it was coming and I was so fucking excited because Bub is like such an interesting uh character what a movie monster man not great performance carlos like fucking monster in the original frankenstein have you had like yeah monster have that sort of emotion to it like to a point where it's like sure dude like you see him evolving you see him changing throughout you see him reacting to people and just becoming sympathetic and it just you feel empathy for him yeah, you yeah. feel the and the 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 humans are the fucking assholes in this film and you get it's like that finally moment when he like shoots Rhodes and like Rhodes falls into that yeah. like just pile of zombies and stuff and it's just like fuck yes. Oh, what an awesome oh. kill by the way. Yeah, so best cool. kill. But yeah. Choke on it. Choke on it. <laughs> Choke on it. <laughs> oh my god. Every <laughs> shot that Bub lands into Rhodes' body is like a different form of like yes, like yeah. full on catharsis like you yeah. fucking deserve this. And then he gets ripped to shreds, uh, cherry on top of the fucking Who like, who the so cool. who the thunk at the beginning like you're watching Night of the Living Dead and you're like one day I'm going to root for the zombie killing the human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, isn't that a fucking mind blowing idea? Like, this is the kind of shit I watch. And I'm like, you know what? Movies just suck now. Like, yeah. I yeah. just, I never see shit like that done. Like, such yeah. a long form game and challenging. Like, yeah. what a challenging idea to throw in your mm. audience's face. They would, I mean, it's different, obviously, with that. This move, these movies existed in a world bereft of franchises. Mm. And yes. now <laughs> all we have are formulaic franchises completely unwilling to take any risk yeah. and that's all george a romero did back yeah. in the day just like take fucking risks all of I've, these could have bumped yeah. i'm so excited to and see paid the off. future yeah. of those three films because i i know they're nowhere mm. near 
like, you know, as ranked highly as these. I mean, for instance, like we we obviously have like this film is often seen as the lesser of the original trilogy. And I think I think like people really like there there is a big it's segment of on. people who fucking love mm. this film. Uh, but yeah. I think people really need to go back and just like give it a chance. It's so yeah. like wonderfully claustrophobic. In some ways, yeah. like people like call that a problem. It's so claustrophobic. But I love how claustrophobic it is. That's the it's whole like, point. It's like it just gets you. You're stuck in there, man. There's nowhere for yeah. her to go. She is fucking stuck with these you assholes. Feel that. And yeah. you're stuck yeah. in there with her. And all the zombies who are trying to get in and stuff, even on the outside, trying to get into the fence, the ones coming down the fucking like. The uh, ones that they funnel like, in and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's just fucking crazy. Oh, the ones man. from the fucking elevator? Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, that was a great the, fucking idea as well. Like they've developed awesome. a system, and even the zombies are learning it. They're like, yeah. knowing yeah. if we go here, how to we get, get through killed. the gates and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Messed up. So it's it's interesting. I love how Romero's just let these zombies evolve, and music is sick. Like, but it's hard to say if it's better than the Goblin soundtrack from Dawn of the Dead. But it's still a sick fucking soundtrack, man. I was listening to it. Like someone posted the whole thing on vinyl, like um, just like on YouTube, like a whole, the whole fucking thing playing through. And it's so sick. Music's (laughs) fucking great. And like the acting, like you said, it's really fun. There's some funny, like I love that there's the cheesy bits for it as well. Like, but healthy amount of cheese. Yeah, It's just so good, man. I fucking love this film. Yeah. So it was coming off the massive success of Dawn of the Dead. The Romero set out to make, what he was calling the Gone with the Wind of zombie films. That checks out. The epic scope of the original idea involved a spate of scientists living in a fortress above ground bolstered by electrical fences while the military remained underground. A much more graphic ending and a small unit of army trained zombies was also planned. So he was really oh, going to have them like fucking army, of the, army of the dead. <laughs> But alas, Romero could not secure the budget to realize his epic vision, which resulted in Day of the Dead's more confined and claustrophobic setting. Instead, he waited 20 years and he recycled a lot of these concepts in the fourth film called Land of the Dead, which we'll talk about in a few weeks from now. So at least we get to see that play out. And I'm really I'm really interested. I really I don't I don't remember how I found I, like I think I saw I think it was Diary of the Dead and I don't remember how I found it um if if it, I even paid attention when I was watching it so I'm looking forward to it to see like what he did um in that mm. time and especially during the mix of like zombies kind of getting popular again and the birth of mm. fucking franchises and just to kind of <laughs> see like yeah. what he was doing and like what kind of commentary he was making in in that period of time you know so um, it would be interesting. Uh, it was developed as part of a three-film deal with uh, the film's distributor, United Film Distribution Company, or the UFDC. Romero elected to make the two other projects outlined in the deal, which was Night Riders 1981 and Creep Show from 1982 first. <laughs> awesome. I fucking love, love Creep Show. Creep Show is yeah. so good. Have you seen the TV show, the remake? Fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Part of me was like, dude, let's just do like a fucking creep show side mission. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) Phil and I had a lot of fun talking about Twilight Zone, the movie um, on um, Pottrell Cinecast and just like really wanted to get into a lot of those like cool anthology anthology films. Yeah, creep show is top Mm -hmm. notch. That's a good one. 
Romero penned a total of five scripts for Day of the Dead, each one decreasing in length due to the him needing to accommodate his small budget. So the first no. draft was 200 pages long, which was then subsequently oh, reduced to 122 pages long. When the script was deemed too expensive to make by the UFDC, Romero reshaped the 200-page script down to 165, which was then truncated to 104. Oh, my God. Yeah, with all four iterations of the script rejected on the account of being too pricey to film, Romero whittled his epic story down to a filmable and more practical 88-page script. Oh, it's That's so depressing. and so crazy. I want the 200-page so version. Yeah, I love I what we it, got, but what I, we would, have is so good. I really want to see what his... It would have been awesome at that time to see you know, what he fucking mm. wanted to do. And it's like today yeah. he would have gotten away with it. You know, if you have the success of Dawn of the Dead, you know, for sure. Today, like he would have gotten away with it. Yeah. On Netflix. Yeah. They would have Back done that. Do yeah. They would throw money at him. But yeah. also like he's Romero arguably like was one of the masters of working within your limitations, which not many filmmakers are willing to do. And yeah. sometimes it really does pay off for the story. Like you don't have to see every single second. You don't have to pursue like sometimes you got to like, you know, let some of your brainchild babies kind of grow up elsewhere. You know, like you said, like he recycled ideas for future for future films. And I feel like yeah. com- it completely paid off for Day of the Dead because I think it really just there's an added level of terror to this from how yeah. it's more about animosity among people than actually mm. like, you know zombies fucking killing you but then again you add that layer of like oh no they're learning or oh no they can be taught they can return you know mm. um it's it's so like i'm glad actually that they cut so much of it down <laughs> like they yeah. made them cut so much of it down because otherwise like um i felt like he would suffer from like, losing that succinctness um yeah yeah to, to yeah, to, this to movie run is time. like a bullet. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really yeah. a testament to how like good of a fucking director he is as well. Like especially yeah, exactly. in making a low budget independent film, you know, just fucking just doing exactly. what he has so to do. So much with so little. Yeah, yeah. He's just like yeah. by this doing point, just let do. me fucking make this film. I'm gonna make it. You know? <laughs> and if it meant that he could actually do what he wanted, like he had more yeah. creative control, could have left money. Fuck it, yeah. do it like that. I yeah. mean, it didn't hurt exactly. the first movie. Yeah, well, exactly. fuck it. Check this bit out. So the UFTC finally greenlit Romero's shortened screenplay. The filmmaker was given the budget of $7 million to make it. Problem was, the money came with a massive caveat that Romero was told by the UFTC that if he delivered an R-rated film, that he would get to use all of the $7 million of the originally allotted budget. However, if he went overboard with the gore, and turned in an unrated film, the budget will be slashed in half to three point five million. So you both saw the film, and of course, Romero could not resist making one <laughs> yes. of the most glorious films of all time, and he was Fuck docked yeah. a yeah. three point five million for his disobedience. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Oh what God. a man. Absolute legend. Okay, but three point five million for like for for like gore violence and like again like we've been talking about how claustrophobic it is for something of that scale on like a 3.5 
billion dollar budget if you did that shit now you can't afford it like you can't yeah. it barely touches like yeah you know like paying off your crew barely covers that <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's not even an indie movie now shit. you know yeah. that's not no exactly that's not even an indie, indie movie, movie starts that's- at like 20 million it's yeah. ridiculous Ugh. Well, let's get into the cast we have Lori cardill as uh sarah who is uh romero basically he had seen her in a play called reckless and he had her in mind for the lead and her father who is billy chili billy cardill was a local horror host in pittsburgh tv and he was an old friend of romero's and he actually appeared in night of the living dead so oh, it's kind of nice <laughs> that years later his daughter gets to appear in That's romero's nice. film i wonder if Lori from walking dead was named after her I bet. Oh, sick. Very possible. Very I possible. Bet. I don't very know, possible. but it's yeah, very possible. Kirkman named so many yeah, of his characters after Romero's. So, yeah. Very possible. Also, fuck Lori. Like, <laughs> the fuck Lori. Not this Lori, but that Lori. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that Lori. At first, Romero wanted to have Lori play a character named Mary, who was the lead scientist but then decided to offer her the part of Sarah, who is a rebel leader, before combining the two characters. So that's where you get the Sarah that we know in the film. And Cardell maintains to this day that she was much happier with the version of Day of the Dead that was filmed, since it was less reliant on action and spectacle. She said, I'm an actress that wants to play cool characters. So when George had to par it down, he was more focused on character, which of course was a good thing for the actors. Yeah. There's a lot more to play. Like you said, Ari, I mean, it's nice to see Mm. what we got with, you know, because, yeah, if you're forced to kind of, like, keep everyone stuck in. I mean, this film opens up so hot, too, and, like, Walking Dead, like, especially that first fucking few episodes of of the first season, like, when they're in Atlanta, like, you know, Rick has to go through the hordes. It feels so much like that when... Like when it opens and you feel like, holy shit, man, we're going to get this vast thing. And then he goes, not nah, fuck you. We're going underground. <laughs> like, you know, you're yeah. stuck inside. We're going underground. <laughs> yes. And it's it's the whole thing of like, again, what um, these films have done really, really well is that managing an ensemble, I think, is so, so difficult. And mm. Romero does it flawlessly. And he also sort of it doesn't feel like they're being assigned roles, even though they have been like, you can just see where their natural alliances would go and you follow everything. You follow Sarah the whole way through, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. when you're with friggin', you know, bub and bub had gets his moment, obviously, but mm-hmm. um, everything bub. still feels like her story. Yeah. Poor bub, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, everything's unlike through what we were talking lens. about last week, we do, yeah, through her lens and we care about her and we care about, well, I yeah. care about what happens to her and, you know, the group Irish the Mr. End. Bean and, 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 and the, boys, but like, yeah, I would genuinely, yeah. I would, I think this is the most, at the end, I was like, oh, like, please, please make it yeah. up. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Please don't gen- die, please. Oh. Please. Like, please don't die, please don't die. This movie could totally kill you off and I would buy it. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, yeah, yeah. and again, I said it in Dawn of the Dead. It's the same thing. 
<laughs> and I love it. I don't I don't mean it in a detriment. I love that every all of these movies are the same fucking structure and I don't notice yeah. until the end, which the bunch exactly. of people come into a place helicopter comes fight. Yeah. yeah. And then they have to leave the place. Yeah. And I love that. <laughs> I never get over that. It's such a fun little string. And all, I'm always at the end, I'm like, oh yay, we're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because they at least in this film, they, I guess, already were there, but the way we see it, mm. the way we see they it. They start outside. They start yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they start outside, they go in, and then they, they leave the same way. <laughs> yeah. So we have Joseph Pilato, who plays Captain Rhodes, who takes over after the former Legend. leader of what a whatever was going on before he passes away he gets fed to the zombies yeah. he gives a shit oh uh, yeah when they bury yeah yeah we have this guy's insane man he's oh, so he good is. he's so good i'm running this in. monkey so farm now <laughs> yeah he comes in and he's like he makes himself fucking known immediately yeah he's just like hey lady every time they called her lady i was like think yeah. of another word just say bitch just do it like, yeah, hey lady. It's like diet, bitch. <laughs> hey, lady. It's very finger wagging. Yeah. yeah. Tom Savini apparently wanted to play the role of Rhodes. Oh, he would have been fucking hilarious. But uh, Romero told him that he couldn't do everything. Uh, yeah. He could have done it. Yeah, which is fair. I mean, he should have played Rickles or something, one of the other sergeants, yeah. just so he wasn't as hateable. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I I argue that Steel that with was the worst one. Like, Rickles was obviously, like, way in over his head, but Steel was just, yeah. he's the big guy. So, obviously, yeah. you, like, oh, fuck. Even if you but still, insult I wouldn't him, change he could him, sit though. on you and you'd be crushed. I wouldn't change him. Yeah. I wouldn't no, change him. I wouldn't change him. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. no, the guy, like, unbelievable. Rickles, you could have changed easily, but I think yeah. Steel, yeah. that dude was fucking good he's an asshole good but he was really good at it he reminded me he had his moment he had like pro wrestler energy like you know just like you know he had kevin nash energy bro big detail yeah yeah cool if you get stuck down there like with the fucking 80s wrestler it's just like oh fuck he had his moment yeah he had his moments where he doubted bro and he had moments where he tried to help make there were like moments where you could see past this bullshit facade that he had to develop to survive yeah all his friends are fucking dead they have that great line where it's like you've lost one of yours i've lost five of mine and i love that line it's like this isn't a fucking joke to us we are taking all the risks but yeah record is the most annoying he's like he's (laughs) like the fucking (laughs) yeah the hyenas are they they're like hyenas and lion king or the what the weasels in in roger rabbit who laughed himself to death i think they're weasels (laughs) we're just like oh yeah yeah guys oh maybe she got a dick oh such a big dick dick. (laughs) just like i was so glad to see him die and he dies crazy which i love he's just like yeah yeah come on (laughs) Yeah, he dies he's fucking like crazy. He dies still like hype. You know what I mean? Like he's still like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy was just always fucking insane. He was on something. Yeah, where's he getting the drugs? One more comment <laughs> on Rhodes. Best hair in the business. Holy shit. Oh, hell yeah. His little Superman hair, curl. Yeah. yeah. My God, I'm just like, how? Come on. Yeah, right? Like he's the, he looks great <laughs> out of all of them he looked amazing he's early to the meeting and his hair is done so <laughs> just saying just saying yeah just he's saying. uh he's putting that president down early that like you know you can still look good in a zombie apocalypse <laughs> uh yeah but so according true. to joseph Pilato, who played Rhodes, he said that uh romero pretty much just gave it to me i don't know if he <laughs> auditioned other people but it was very quick i came in and he was like you got it 
Lotto had previously appeared in Dawn of the Dead as a police officer and in Romero's Night Riders before he was in Day of the Dead. But yeah, like Phil said early on, like he hasn't been in like he wasn't in, in a lot of stuff. Um, he was in mm. he was a very B-movie sort of actor. And I think a lot of people fucking love him, though. And uh, I think apparently like apparently he had a bit of a problem with liquor and stuff. And uh, yeah, oh, it's just kind of a tragic such a of shame. figure. But. Yeah, um, I think he like people fucking love him because of this film. So yeah, that's this awesome. might that's just good one of my movie. favorite performances in any like yeah like horror movie like mm. zombie movie maybe any movie. He's just so you know when you're like I d- never for one second don't believe this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know he he is yeah. this like unhinged maniac <laughs> the yeah, whole yeah, way yeah. through. But he's also very grounded in that like you know why he's an unhinged maniac. You can yeah. sort of empathize yourself to some extent being like, oh yeah, if sure. I lost five of my men, I'd be fucking pissed. You know? But yeah, then yeah. he's also having to, to to face all of this like, oh fuck, that zombie can hold a gun. That zombie is saluting <laughs> me right now. The kind of thing, you know? No wonder. I mean, like, and he's right the fuck the is this? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. completely validated <laughs> at the end because yeah. fucking Frankenstein is doing some yeah, immoral shit it. and f- yeah and feeding his dead friend to the numbies which wasn't that was the whole point was to try and wean them off living things but he's yeah. just playing out this weird fucking fantasy but by that point it's all the it's like three again very small group yeah. but it quickly turned into like three factions of people yeah like oh, all for sure. you know fighting yeah. each other clashing together also he's like the most grounded soldier i think like all of them felt like caricatures or cartoons even though they did feel like real people but they were so like grandiose in their like reactions and stuff and i think yeah um Rhodes was just like oh he's like a person like so are the so are the leads they feel like people and then there's you yeah know, rickles that's just like yeah hyena cartoon I like the way he did that though because like you got to give somebody to the zombies oh, you know sure. what i mean like you have to have for sure. You have to have like For sure. th- that's why it works cuz you have you have a, quite a few characters that are so unlikable and they're just pieces of shit or just don't matter enough yeah. like that you're happy to feed them to the zombies and that's Watch what you me. need yeah. to make this film work. You need somebody to die. That's it's a horror film. You need and dickheads, yeah. Roads, you <laughs> need you need someone to you, like He's the you villain. validate it by like enjoying yeah. their death. And that's what Rhodes their death, was. Yeah. It's perfect. When he gets ripped apart and uh, he's screaming, choke on them, choke on them. That was ad-libbed as well. (laughs) Of course it was. Yeah. Choke on them. Iconic. I mean, that's like Abraham dying and saying, suck my nuts. Like that's, (laughs) you know, in your fucking face, even though you're losing. Yeah. I mean, it's the whole, the whole like end bit. It's just fucking great. Just like when they're all like, being either killed or fucking killing themselves. It's just, oh, it's so fucking insane. When you get like, you know, Private Still just like shoots himself in the fucking head and it's so fucking brutal and violent. I mean, Romero like said, fuck you. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) fuck the R rating. Like, you know, him and Tom Savini just went fucking nuts. Um, We have like (laughs) Terry Alexander as John Flyboy and uh, we have... Charlotte Conroy is Bill McDermott. So the two guys that you, you say that she sort of finds her own, um, you know, there's the factions she creates. Sarah creates a faction with these two guys. I mean, at first I, I thought it was a bit weird because, you know, John Flyboy or whatever was like 
Sarah, you can come with us. We go, <laughs> you know, he's like, we can go to an island. We just leave here. We can just go away and go on an island, create a yeah. new world, you know, like yeah. we could have babies. And it's like, yeah, but she's the only girl yeah, here teach and you're the guy. Yeah. Yeah, so you're, Are you basically implying that right you just want to like, you just want to hit it? You want to hit it? Yeah. <laughs> Is that what's going on? Yeah. that, bro? <laughs> Yeah, he had one of my favorite lines there where she's like, you know, well, we should be doing this, you know, that's, and I forget what the setup is, but he's like, that's the problem with the world. Everybody's got, you know, their own idea about what they want out of life. That's the and best I thought, line, yeah. That's a yeah. great fucking line. And that's all he wants is to sit on a beach and get drunk until he dies. And yeah. you know what? In this situation. So true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so true, fuck it. Exactly. I love that monologue he has when he's reading through all the records and just being like, do you like, why would you want to No, He's right. Like, why the fuck would you want to record something that nobody's ever going to see? Why would you want to leave that behind? You know, instead of just yeah, like, yeah. actually living like this isn't living and you know, all the results of the wars and it's yeah. Yeah. It's that, it's that sort of thing. It's like where it's like, look where life is and humankind has gotten us to this point why remember that shit like it hasn't worked obviously and we're all being like and he i think pretty much said it they're like you know we're did he not say the line that was sort of like you know we're we're here like it's it's very similar to the one from dawn of the dead but it's like we're here as like a punishment from god to like have to to see what it's like to live in hell on earth yeah god is yeah the creator is punishing us yeah 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 so it's very interesting um, we of course rounding out the cast. We have we have Howard Sherman as Bub. I mean, fuck, dude, mm. what an awesome performance! What awesome makeup! Everything about yeah. Bub is so cool. I mean, we talked about it as <laughs> an incredibly charismatic zombie. Yeah, so he's good. great. Like I would, you know, you people would scoff, but I think it's genuinely a brilliant performance. Yeah, uh, like uh, like could it fucking oh, sure. worked for me? Like I would by the end, he garnered real empathy out of me and i felt bad for him and and that's like what a complicated moment like him finding the fucking scientist who's dead but it's like we fucking hate this dude but like we understand that he had a paternal relationship with it had a bond with him and then him wanting revenge and now he knows how to use a gun and like road is gonna get what's coming to him and he (laughs) stalks him slowly (laughs) and it's just and it's slow it's like that's a good argument for slow moving zombies yeah because that scene it's so fucking tense where he's just dragging himself down the hallway and it's so scary and then the reveal he opens the door and it's that great shot of him screaming and all the hands coming in on edge of frame it's always the shot they use and you're just like perfect that's what i came here for yeah but that but that performance is honestly top notch fuck it oscar worthy and great (laughs) Yeah, yeah oh hell yeah when he's like listening to the tape like for yeah. the first yeah. time and he tries to figure just, it out on oh. his own i was like yeah. this is this is how you do zombies coming back to life like it's gradual it feels mm. realistic it, it's also really like like you said like you have real empathy for this guy cuz he's just like rediscovering something you know mm. and it, it's it's a yeah it's a great performance and it's i wish you know Zombie babies could do that, but alas. <laughs> <laughs> but alas. Uh, yeah. He's also the first zombie in a Romero flick, and I guess probably in film history to this point, um, because there would be a film we'll talk about very soon that would come out the same year that would talk. But he's the first one to do it. He's the first zombie to talk, and he's the first one in a Romero film. And he utters the words, Hello! 
Aunt Alicia. Say it. Say it. Say hello, yeah. Alicia. I mean, hello. you could say there's hello. other zombies to talk if you go back to old zombie movies and stuff. But I mean, this is like, this is, if we're talking like Romero zombies, it's the first talking zombie. And it's great. Um, George A. Romero yeah. himself would also play a zombie pushing a cart in the foreground in the final zombie feast sequence. Um, he's seen from the waist down and it's a, you can identify him by his trademark plaid scarf wrapped around his waist. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get to see his top half, I don't think. Also, there's the rock band NRBQ, which are pretty fun bands. They play zombies in the film. I think they were just friends. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, you know, just yeah. pulled in who are part of the team like it has been in the previous films and saving money and stuff. But I think they were just friends and they were just like, yeah, we want to play zombies. So they're in the film as well, <laughs> which is pretty That's funny. Awesome. Romero was so taken by the locals in his time making the prior zombie movie Dawn of the Dead in his native Pittsburgh that he reinvited many of them to work as extras on Day of the Dead. And this is why many of the background zombies look so familiar in both of the films. For their services as extras on the film, the background actors were paid $1. And they were given a copy <laughs> of a newspaper, uh, newspaper prop that's seen at the beginning of the film, The Dead Walks. And a hat that read, oh, yeah, the- I played a zombie in Day of the Dead. <laughs> Imagine awesome. having one of those hats. That'd be so sick. Yeah. And all I got yeah. was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> all I got was a skin infection from the makeup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, tragic. Speaking of makeup, Tom Savini hey. returned <laughs> to provide He's the film's special Blade. makeup effects. <laughs> oh, my God. And this time, as Ariane said earlier, he was assisted by a team of Artists that included Greg Nicotero, who also gotcha. plays Credited Private as Johnson. Gregory, which I thought was really cute. Yeah. Gregory Nicotero. Gregory. Uh, yeah, so he, he plays Private Johnson. He's the dude who accidentally gets shot down by another soldier when yeah. they get attacked by some of the zombies when they're trying to like, yeah. hurt him. Yeah, when Miguel fucks it up again. Miguel fucks yeah, up. fucking Miguel. <laughs> and then there's also Howard Berger, who assisted the, those two as well, who later mm. became known, like Nicotero and Howard Berger both became known for working on The Walking Dead. Um, I mean, Nicotero is a legend in himself, um, but he Mm -hmm. learned he was like 19 or 20 years old. Yeah, under Tom Savini. He was learning under Tom Savini, and then he went on to do a plethora of films. Oh, like like, so good. Special effects. Good shit. Legend. Yeah. And he's directing the the new um, Creep Show series, which has been really, really good. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Tom Savini went all out in this film, though. For the scenes when Captain Rhodes is disemboweled by zombies and ripped in half, he used actual pig intestines. Pigs' bloods and guts were attained by a local slaughterhouse. Unfortunately, a staff member on set accidentally disconnected the refrigerator holding the pigs' bloods and intestines, causing the contents to spoil. And because they were being too cheap, they didn't go out and buy fresh shit, so they just used it anyway. And as a result, coming in in contact with the contamination, several crew members became physically ill during the production. That and filming the gory scenes was a nightmare due to the guts' intense stench. Zombie extras, uh, they had to stuff their, like, you know, earplugs up their nose and stuff so that they could, like... Not have to smell that shit. And then also poor Joseph uh, Pilato, you know, he had to be Basically, they were just fanning him, like Covering just so <laughs> between takes, so he didn't have to, like, you know, smell that shit. Uh, so 
But yeah, yeah I mean, fun. it looks so good, man. Like the, <laughs> the shit. Oh they god, they still Tom do that Sabini. on The Walking Dead. Yeah, like pig guts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan talking about him swinging that bat around or swinging a crowbar around, and it's Nicotero with a bucket of pig guts. Just go, just stick yeah. it in there, pull it out. And it <laughs> yeah, incredible. I was I was watching this a bit of. Uh, this documentary, I forget which one it was, um, but it was it had Greg Nicotero in it, and they were talking about those scenes and stuff and using that shit. And he was just like, "Yeah, I mean, we just basically figured, you know, like why create something that's not real? Why not just use the real thing? That's the best. And, yeah. You know, it looks real and it looks disgusting. It's fucking mm. great. Rough. Like yeah. those are just insane. And I like how he just." He was just like, fuck it, let's rip open two people. <laughs> Not just one. Yeah. Let's just rip open <laughs> like two, two fucking guys. Fuck it. From two different <laughs> places. Like, yeah. I love that that guy's head got fucking ripped off. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was a rubber mask, but it still looked awesome. And then yeah. Rhodes got ripped in half. And I was just like, that's, yeah. yeah. So Iconic. Good. Day of the Dead began filming in October 1984 with exterior shot at two Florida locations. We have Fort Myers and Sanibel Island and interiors filmed in a, at a limestone mine complex near Wampum, Pennsylvania. While filming in the mining site, the temperature was constantly regulated at 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Even so, the human conditions underground were so problematic, just extremely problematic for the equipment and the props and the effects crews. Several electrical mishaps prevented Tom Savini's effects from functioning properly. Many of the crew mm-hmm. members apparently slept in the mine to avoid having to like travel like to and from the remote location. So they were just kind of there the whole time. That must have been fucking weird. And uh, yeah. with things not going right. So we had the dream scene uh, where Sarah's attacked by the hordes of zombie arms and they just punched the wall. Like such a like I love all the dream sequences. They're so great. When Miguel's guts fell out, I was like, it's yeah. what he deserves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a good way of getting like uh g- getting your moments in your little like jump scared, mm. your little action beats yeah. without having to interrupt the story. And it yeah. just and it was a, great a good framework. Movement as well. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it follows her so arc and then it, and she's holding it yeah. together, but she's fucking crippling on the inside. On the inside. You know? Just like everybody yeah. else, and at the yeah. end, you get you get it adds to that sort of ambiguity of like, is this, is a this dream? dreamed? Yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah, is yeah. great in the best yeah. possible way. Yeah. yeah. So when the uh, basically when they, <laughs> they had to redo that from scratch the first time they did it because during the first attempt to attempt to film it, the wall wasn't sturdy enough, and uh, several zombie extras just came plummeting down on Laurie Cardill. Uh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Also, the scene in which Sarah chops off Miguel's arm, it had to be redone after the surgical prop recoiled from the rubber flesh. So Savini mm. just recreated the prop out of wax and the effect ended up working perfectly that time and just like chopped it right off. Look great. Dude, that yeah. dude's insane, man. Tom Savini's awesome. fucking That's sick. Amazing. So Legend. sick. <laughs> That's a great. I love her come down as well after that. Like you see yeah, the adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. She all this adrenaline to like do this and cauterize the rune, and you're yeah, like, wow, she's, she's fucking on it. And then she's just like, oh my god, no. like she yeah, did yeah. just have to cut off like her boyfriend yeah, arm. Yeah. arm, yeah. And then you know, set it on fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Speaking of that, though, like Gary, that's like how many times have we seen that now in The Walking Dead? And that was the first. Oh time my god, so many. Anyone's times. ever like chopped something off to try yeah, to chopped like, an arm, and then burn cauterized it, it, cauterize it yeah. to try to stop the infection, and we don't know if it worked or not. Because like he exactly. died, yeah. he he killed himself before like and let himself crazy. be eaten yeah. before like yeah. you could really know on the slow lift yeah. down. Yeah. Uh, Lori Cardell recalled that it was grueling, and it was like a three month shoot. We took a, a little break in there for the holidays, but we were in this cave and we would get up early in the morning and it was dark. Go to the cave where it was dark inside and then leave <laughs> at night, so we did not see the sunlight. Romero initially conceived an ending that was far different from the events depicted in the final cut of Day of the Dead. So in the actual film, we get them on the island, right? And they, you know, they get away and she's having the nightmare. But then she wakes up to see the two guys just fishing and stuff. And there's all the seagulls and you're like, okay, they got to the island. Initially, the ending was to have all the scientists die in a fiery death after being caught in a chemical explosion in the laboratory. Fuck. (laughs) As grim as it may seem, it actually may have uh, offered a bit of hope as uh, when it's shown that one of the men who died during the explosion fails to reanimate and and become a zombie, inferring that the outbreak might finally be over. Exciting. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. That would have gone over my head, I think. A bit. Yeah. Because I keep, I keep going, like, I was like, I kept going back and forth, like, is that still in place? If you die during this... Do you? Yeah, because that's like the rules either? now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, if you die, you turn because that's what the disease does, quote unquote. That's like you know, late twenty tens onwards, definitely. But I think, yeah, they're always trying to figure out because there were like Frankenstein didn't reanimate, or we didn't see him reanimate. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, so. this of course just had to be slashed. Like uh, when the budget was slashed in half, this got thrown out. <laughs> yeah, and Romero reworked it to like the ending that we did get, which still ends on a hopeful note. And uh, hopefully they're free on this island, you know, yeah. from the undead. To die of starvation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. You guys know how to fish? <laughs> now it's like, you know, the the last three seasons are lost. Uh, yeah. Was it a dream? We'll never know. How, why is this guy still fat? He knows something, right? Or is this stash? Yeah, or is this stash, bro? Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, so the music. Oh, man. The score for The Day of the Dead was composed by John Harrison. He began working with Romero on Creep Show. He was also the first assistant director on the film, and he's gone on to write and direct other films, including the TV miniseries of Frank Herbert's Dune from 2000. <laughs> which is oh. crazy yeah this dude still does a lot of shit, shit. This, like I said though the score is fucking sweet man it's like it's awesome really ominous and brooding you know it's like really cool it's got like these cool like sort of like uh, electronic uh, still drum sort of things at times mm. it sounds so sick I love it like like I said it's on YouTube if you like want to search it out because um, Waxwork Records released it in 2013 on vinyl and like I said, somebody had just uploaded the whole fucking thing. And it's just like, <laughs> fucking awesome. It sounds, I love it. I love it. I, I know That's the awesome. Goblin one is fucking sick. But I think because mm. of Dawn of the Dead has such a weird mix of music. Because like, he took shit from like, you know, like this weird stock music. And then had the Goblin soundtrack as well. Which is fucking incredible. 
um, this is like almost like he was like, all right, just give me some of that music that's kind of sick from the 80s with synths and like cool you know, effects and stuff that sort of evokes Dawn of the Dead. Just like, you know, do it, do it. And we'll just make that the film. So we're not going to go and get all that stock bullshit. And it's fucking great. <laughs> it just works so well. It's great. And there's these really nice like character notes as well. I think yeah, like yeah. there are some moments where the score really just it feels obvious and I know lots of people hate that, but I really liked it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's just like, oh, they're hugging. There's a really nice tone in there. I was like, mm-hmm. cool. I love this. This is fucking sick. But yeah. Day of the Dead premiered in June of 1986 and it was released in July. The film grossed five point eight million dollars in the US and Canada. It fared much better internationally, grossing $28.2 million for a total of $34 million on a $3.5 million budget. But it was the lowest box office take for Romero's zombie films thus far. Audiences weren't too impressed when Day of the Dead came out. Laurie Cordill said that when it first came out, the audience was like, what the hell is this? It's too talky. It's too over the top. These actors are too over the top. Uh, this isn't Dawn of the Dead. I don't know what this is, but it's not what I expected. That's why it sort of came and went, except for some people that held held it and saw it for what it was really meant to be. Uh, Roger Ebert, who reacted favorably to the other films, he gave Day of the Dead one and a half stars. He praised the special effects, but he was put off by what he referred to as overacting in the movie. Specifically that... How um, dare you? <laughs> we didn't see the same movie. Yeah. Specifically that all the actors screamed at each other for the entire film in a way that was not present in Romero's earlier films. I but mean, that's not true, isn't it? Yeah. And you also, know, like, did you watch the movie? Also, even if they were, I mean, you're like, he's clearly not seeing that it's evolved to a point where yeah. they've been at this for a while. This, this has been going on for a while. The they're cities are gone. Yeah. They're not, this is like, you know, the first film it's, it's happened and oh shit. Yeah. The second film, it's happened, but it feels a little bit more advanced in the time. Yeah, this it puts is you a like, couple weeks. Everything it's still happening. It's yeah. Ha- yeah. it's been happening, and like yeah, you feel like people are fed up, and they are. Like everybody's and they're fed sick of up. each other. Like yeah. of course they'd be screaming at each other. You know, when you be screaming, Roger Ebert. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is basically <laughs> like if the people in the mall didn't leave. And them just still being yeah. stuck together. And they're just like, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. I, I love this film. I know there are a lot of people that just don't. But, I mean, I it's think it's really, fucking really great. Yeah, I, I am now a defender. The only yeah. thing I would uh, hold against it is what you said, Ari, is that obviously just natural sequel. So it does piggyback up the other one. Yeah, so it works better having watched the last two. It's not exactly the best standalone one. You wouldn't start with this one, but you wouldn't start with this one anyway. It'd be a weird yeah. one to to show someone first. Yeah. And it's a fucking sorry, it's a fucking grown up movie. You know what I mean? It like, is it's a grown up movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, uh, t- you know, a teenager might get a kick out of the, the other two. Killing Maybe not even the first all one. Fucking awesome. Yeah, you know, Dawn of the Dead is fun no matter what. Yeah. Even if you're not realizing the social commentary yeah. going on, yeah. but this one is like you're Serious. deep in it. If you're not into yeah. like what we're talking about, you're gonna be bored. You're gonna be yeah. bored yeah. for most of this movie. And also, it's angry it's for almost, most of it. It's yeah. almost twenty years later as well. Like, like yeah, he can't, he can't like deliver that same thing. And like 
he's just gonna be it's old enough 20 years you're right he's God. gonna be like <laughs> completely different person by this point he's you know? a different person yeah yeah and so, the movie should be different like yeah they they all should be different that's what sequels should be they should be different because yeah you you know you're not you i don't think it's ever possible to better because there's not an objective thing to better you know exactly. people will hate it people will love it so it's like you just need to make the best yeah. movie for you and i think this was the best movie for, for this sure. series yeah it came it, it's a come down but the, the natural it's a, come yeah down. it's a beautiful like yeah arc man it's very like grounded yeah the the film was noted for his special effects. Tom Savini was honored with his second Saturn Award for uh, best oh makeup in 1985, and the first one he received, of course, was with Dawn of the Dead in 1980. So, yeah, he getting his shit done, man. Great. <laughs> There's of course going to be people who like you know stick with the same thing and not enjoy it or think it's the the weakest one of the original three and all that. But I mean, there's a lot of people that do fucking love this film and like uh like yeah people just like like you know throw references to it in every every fucking thing i mean like the first resident evil film references references it with the newspapers mm. blowing through the city and it has mm. like when alice leaves the mansion and it sets up so nicely you're like okay here we go she's in raccoon, mm. raccoon city and there's a newspaper that blows by that says the dead walk we have the gorillas, like, you know, M1A1. That, yeah. That song is like samples the pulsing yeah. synthesizers from the soundtrack yeah. and the cries of, hello, is anybody <laughs> out there? And that just becomes that whole song. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people do love this film. I love this film. And guess who else loves this film? George A. Romero. It's, he says yeah. that it's a movie that has to grow on you. He told uh, yeah. Lee, Lee Carr for his book. The making of George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. He said, I think everybody wanted Dawn, but what I tried to do is uh, with all the films is make them different. I mean, that's what makes them more fun for me. He added, I think it's very much me and it remains my favorite of all of them. So it's okay if you want to make it your favorite. I was debating it. And like I said, I want us to kind of quickly just if we want to rank them. Um, as mm-hmm. the first trilogy as we go we've gone along like it's fine just quick uh instant sort of thoughts um for me i'll, I'll start it if make it a little easier for you guys i was debating dawn or day it's like fuck dude like which mm. one goes on it's top but this top. one i had so much goddamn fun with and it was not expecting how much fun i would have with it like on like i watched it years ago but like man just a fucking solid movie so day is going to take top spot then followed by dawn and then night of living dead on the bottom but i mean that like with those three films it's like (laughs) they're all so seminal especially like the first two films for what zombie culture has become so it's not a slight on night of living dead to be at the very bottom yeah it's just like they're all fucking good and they would be leaps and bounds above every other fucking like zombie film if you were to add other zombie films to it. So yeah, mine, um, uh, mine is the same. Yeah. I've exactly the same. I literally, cause I watched it in fairly quick confession. I just enjoyed each one better than the last. Yeah. And they grow, they all grow in you and they create a sort of perfect package. And this one, it's more to my taste, you know, it's kind of, I like slow burning things. I like people talking and having interesting conversation and it's a zombie movie. 
Mm. And it just came out of yeah. nowhere. Like, I've, obviously, that's subject to change. Dawn of Dead was my favorite, you know? And it's the biggest and most fun and easiest to enjoy. But this one just, I found myself, like, not able to, like, turn away from it. And that was, you know, it's very it's rare for me. As someone who mm. watches a lot of movies, yeah. I really appreciate that. But yeah, fuck it. Each one better than a lot. So I'd go day, dawn, night. But again, that doesn't say anything about yeah. Yeah, the other two. They're all, <laughs> yeah. they're all so fucking good. It's unfair how good these movies are. I think I'm going to go with uh, dawn, day, and the night. Just because, like Phil said, like day is to his taste. Dawn is to my taste. It's definitely up yeah, my sure. alley. It's camp. It's insane. It's like... Yeah really raucous and loud and then a lot of like it's an action movie and i love action movies um but i i adore day of the dead it's so like it's it's of what i think our um our generations enjoy now you know like a bit of thought behind these things that are so fun or over the top or often overlooked as you know lowbrow you know Mm because i know a lot of people fucking look down on like zombie movies or horror movies in general so like um i definitely understand your rankings and i respect them but yeah, yeah. i'm gonna stick with uh, yeah. I, I almost went there as well i think dawn day and night it yeah. really it was really like uh tough for me as well when i was thinking yeah. of this i was like debating over it and i think just the fact that i got that validation for romero just like saying that he likes, <laughs> he likes uh day of the dead the most it really mm. helped me go okay yeah because i did have the most fun with that one but mm. it's like how i mean i can't fault anyone who says yeah. any of them is their favorite like really because they're all fucking amazing they're all great and they're yeah. all different yeah they're all different exactly like all these films uh day of the dead received <laughs> remakes but it received a lot of remakes there's a loose yeah prequel slash remake that was made in 2005 it was entitled Day of the Dead 2 Contag- uh, Contagium. There was a loose remake in 2008 called Day of the Dead, which also features Ving Rhames as Captain awesome. Kenneth Rhodes, which is Kenneth, the Dawn of the Dead, the same name. So it's really strange. Yeah. It just, yeah. just four years later, put him in there. Yeah, really odd. And he gets it like a different the rank. There are no cops anymore. Like. <laughs> <laughs> And for some reason, they had a character named Bud instead of Bub. So, <laughs> Bub is copyright. Yeah. Uh, there was also a 2013 remake called Day of the Dead Bloodline, which stars Jonathan Sheck from uh, That Thing You Do. Jimmy, I quit. I quit. I quit. Oh I quit, Mr. White. Uh, he plays. I quit these zombies. <laughs> he plays Max, who turns into a zombie uh, in the film and pl- ends up playing the bub part so i don't know why they kept making those goddamn films they'll never be as good as the original maybe they thought like oh (laughs) no one likes the original it's a cool story we can do it better and it's like you're not that one is really good you just need to watch the old one get with with the program i don't Um, think it mattered because they remade the good one anyway yeah (laughs) (laughs) they've remade all of them they've remade all of them Speaking of like sort of remakes and reboots and all that sort of shit, like and I mentioned uh, Night of the Living Dead 2 a couple of weeks ago. So in July 2021, it was announced that Laurie Cardill, T- Terry Alexander, and Jalarth Con- Conroy uh, respectively would reprise their roles as Dr. Sarah Bowman, John Flyboy, and William Bill McDermott. 
from Day of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead 2, which is set to release in 2022. So Sick. who knows how I that will, be will come out. Where the series will go. <laughs> well, I'll be front row. Well, this is us yeah. wrapping up here, but let's say that we need to, I don't know, go to something else that came out in 1985. Something a little silly but something that really changed the way people view zombies. Did someone say brains? <laughs> That's right. In two weeks' time, we'll be moving on to our second set of zombie trilogies. One that is almost a side mission trilogy. <laughs> As it's a very loose spinoff of Romero's dead films with Return of the Living Dead. But first... To get you in the mood for something a bit sillier, we'll be making a little pit stop in London with our second side mission, which is my side mission. And it is Edgar Wright's 2004 Zomcom Shaun of the Dead. And I'll be here next week. And uh, we will debate. That is basically the only good Edgar Wright. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just joking. That's gonna be fun. Shut down that debate. It's not a debate. Uh, it's, it's, it's the best. Cancelled. Um, Cancelled. Yeah. Bad thing. As always, you can follow us at Breadcrumb Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and learn more about the Breadcrumb Collective at breadcrumbcollective.com. Feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about this show. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out and we would love to grow this show. And stay tuned for Shaun of the Dead out next week. That's been franchise. You got red on you. Hey. 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 Pig guts. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting yeah. silly with this. We've had a very nice, serious time, haven't we, guys? So let's get some. Yeah. Now we're done let's with it. Some. Yeah. <laughs> Billy I mean, Brain I, coming up. Yeah, I can't imagine we're going to reach the heights of that first trilogy. So uh, Godspeed to us in the future and to all of the listeners who have to deal with us uh, going through <laughs> some very Amen. silly fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged in Coppola Connections, A Drip Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.